I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome to episode five of The Flagship. I am Chip Brown along with Horns 24-7 managing editor Taylor Estes. Taylor, how are you doing? I'm doing good, Chip. How are you doing? I mean, it's November. It's football season. It's it should be great, but I'm reaching for the tums, Taylor. <laughs> I'm reaching for the tums. What's that? Why this, is that with this Texas team? Yes, because I'm tr- trying to decide. I mean, this is kind of a critical time right now. I mean, not only in the season, but kind of in the Tom Herman era, the three-year Tom Herman era. He's in uncharted territory as a head coach. He's never been a head coach uh, for, for a third year. He, we know he burns hot. His culture burns hot. And so, you know, you're trying to figure out who, who the good cops are, who who's connecting with the players. Do they need that? What What's going on inside the football team? And then you're looking at the on-field product, and I'm looking at K-State coming off the win over TCU, the win over OU, where they really – they really dominated that game against OU. And then the dominating win over KU in Lawrence last week. And I'm going, man, this, this K-State team is, is feeling it. They're, they're coming together. They're, they got confidence. They're playing really well. And, and then Texas is talking about this against the ropes mentality. We're, man, we're, we're against the ropes, which means we're almost to the point of being knocked down or something right and and what does that mean you know what what does that mean to this team we know we know what it means we've seen the movies we've seen rocky but what does it mean to these players you know what i mean yeah no absolutely i mean you don't expect to hear that necessarily from a coach at this point of the season when their first two losses were to now top, you know, teams that are ranked in, um, inside the top 10 at the time, you know, inside the top four of the college football playoff race. So I think it's something that, you know, it, it's, it's a little surprising, I think, for people to hear. Um, and it doesn't, it doesn't make me feel much better about where this team's, like, kind of like what you're saying, like where this team is headed, where this program is headed. Cause you're right. I mean, I, I really didn't even think about it. Tom Herman has never been a head coach for a third season, you know, and, and let's, let's not beat around the bush. He's never been a head coach prior to the being at Texas at a big school. So it's kind of interesting to see him, you know, make his way through uncharted waters and, I think Texas fans are starting to question a lot that they're seeing from the head coach, whether it be, you know, him getting defensive over some play calling offensively, which he's already done all along since he's been to Texas. I mean, I think back to the to the um, the USC game in 2017, I had asked him why Texas abandoned the run in the second half. And um, his response was, well, you know, Chris Warren was only averaging about four yards per carry. And I'm thinking in my head, like, I wanted to ask a follow-up. And then, of course, it's like, oh, no more questions. Thanks, coach. You know, but the follow-up I had was, 
Well, if I remember if that this is a young offense, isn't it better to start at second and six than second and ten or worse? You know, I mean, it's just kind of those things that I think Texas fans are starting to see his, you know, th- his demeanor a little bit more, and that demeanor works if you're winning. Um, if you're not, you know, it's kind of it could be off-putting to some people, and I think that people are kind of starting to see that a little bit from Tom Herman right now. Well, I, let that that's that's I'm glad you said that because before I finish off my other points that I'm I'm making pro and con for Texas this week, let's listen to Tom Herman. Th- these are his opening comments from his press conference on Monday. So before any questions, this was what he wanted everyone to know. Uh, really r- refreshing to to have the open week uh, where it was. I know our, our players got to get away, go home. Most of them did. Um, gave them Friday after classes off, all day Saturday, and had a late check-in on, on Sunday. Um, and and you could tell that a lot of these guys, especially the young guys, that had just really, really hit a wall lately in terms of the the daily grind of, of college football. And really not the football, it's everything else. It's the study hall, it's the classes, it's the uh, time management, it's the difficulty of the classes that they're in. And so to be able to take a deep breath um, and kind of regroup for this uh, stretch run, I, I think was very timely. Um, and uh, again, we, we've got a chance to, to get some guys healthy um, on that. I'm, I'm sure you guys are interested. Uh, Jeffrey McCulloch, uh, we're going to try like heck to, to get him back into practice. He, he has not practiced. Um, you know, kind of was on a really good trajectory with the strength in that, that shoulder. Um, and it, it just didn't quite keep progressing. But, we, you know, we think there's a chance to get him into practice by Tuesday or Wednesday. Uh, B.J. Foster, um, you know, would, would certainly be probable. DeMarvion Overshawn, um, about like Jeff, but he is cleared to practice. Um, still a little bit weak in that shoulder, but uh, we're, we're hoping that these next 24, 48 hours uh, speeds up. Uh, Caden Stearns, I would list as probable. He practiced on Sunday. Uh, he practiced, I think, Wednesday, Thursday, and Sunday. And then Jordan Whittington, the same thing, uh, practiced yesterday and, and practiced Wednesday and Thursday of last week. Uh, excited about uh, Kansas State coming in. Uh, the team that's uh, right there in, in the hunt for uh, conference championship game bid, just like we are. Um, so we're going to have two teams here in Austin uh, with a lot to play for. And uh, I, I know our guys are extremely excited to be back home uh, and extremely excited to um, you know fix some of the, the things that ailed us in previous weeks. And... Um, you know, show each other that, uh, you know, we're, we're capable of, of going out and putting together a, a good, impressive victory. All right, Chip. So you heard from Tom Herman there. So what, what about, you know, his opening comments do you kind of take away from? I mean, it sounds, it sounds positive, right? Right. Excited about Kansas State coming in. Um, we're right there in the hunt for the conference championship like they are. Um, 
you know, two teams with a lot to play for. Our guys are extremely excited to be back home, extremely excited to fix. You know, I mean, it's it's very high energy and and we're excited to show each other we're capable of going out, putting together a good, impressive victory. So if you if you're listening to Tom Herman and you take him at his word, he feels like this this uh, off week has been really good for the team. They got rest, and we heard that from the players. They got rest. They, uh, Sam Ellinger went to a family friend's house and just rested and watched ball. A whole lot of nothing, he said. Same with Colin Johnson. So guys should be re-energized, refocused, and together. And, and that, it's very possible, Taylor, that that is the case. Right. It's very possible. And, and look, K-State comes into this game – they're already one-dimensional. At least that's what their statistics and the body of work says. They're going to run the ball. They're going to run it 50 times, and they don't throw it very often or very well. Now, they did in a absolutely uh, critical final drive against TCU that really, if, if you're looking at the 100-yard kick return against Mississippi State as an early turning point for, for Casey, State, then that final drive against TCU in um, Manhattan, where they had only run for like 30 or 40 yards before that final drive that included a 61-yard run by Skylar Thompson and set up the game-winning touchdown, K-State beat TCU 24-17. So Texas has had trouble with running quarterbacks who can throw. Mm -hmm. Carter Stanley... Jalen Hurts, Max Duggan got hot in the second half. He can run, and he was he opened that second half eight of nine. I, I don't know that we're going to see that from Skylar Thompson. We might, right? But I I feel like if Texas can just get all their energy focused on stopping the run, and if they've done a great job for two weeks looking at all the nuances of K State's offense. They should have a great game plan for this game. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And, you know, at, what, speaking on that level, I'm, I'm a little, you know, kind of wondering what if the players are kind of taught to say this or what. But I heard Sam Ellinger say yesterday that, you know, he hadn't watched a ton of K-State film. So I'm, I'm kind of wondering, is this what they're being told to say or is this actually the be. case? Yeah, because it's if that's be. the case... It's like, what the hell were you doing for the last two weeks then? I mean, right. you know the coaches, or you know, you would hope at least some of the coaches were in the film room, you know, breaking down. I'd imagine that's probably how they spent their off week. But for the players to say that, I just want to be like, I almost want to turn around to the SIDs and be like, what are you telling them to say? Like, this is just dumb. You guys look dumb by saying this, you know? But I, Don't you get the feeling that after Sam Cosme and BJ Foster – made comments before the OU game that Tom probably said, hey, if they ask you about the opponent, say something nice or say you haven't watched a lot of film yet. Yeah, I mean, I think so. <laughs> and I, I do think that I definitely can tell that the, the players are getting coached up a little bit more on what to say to us, which, you know, we're kind of used to in covering this program because it hasn't been, you know, roses and gumdrops and rainbows around these parts for many years. And so, I, you know, you start hearing these guys sound exactly like Tom Herman and you're like, okay, so they got scripted before they got here, you know, and I kind of felt yep. that way on Tuesday when we got the players. It was all 
very reminiscent of Tom Herman's Monday press conference. But you know, I and think it's like it's like Patriots players. They don't they don't say much to the media because Bill Belichick doesn't say much to the media, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So the, the players they they do kind of they take on the personality of their head coach when it comes to relating to the media. But let me let me say this. So TCU did a great job of of bottling up that running game. Mm-hmm. And until that 61-yard run that really changed the game by Skylar Thompson. And Skylar Thompson's been running a lot lately, so there's nothing Texas should be surprised by. I mean, Skylar Thompson ran for over 100 yards in the last game because James Gilbert and Jordan Brown, their two top running backs, were injured. Right. And they had to rely on former walk-on um you know, my man, uh, Tommy Hatton. And so it's, they should have a great game plan for K-State. There's no excuse there. They've seen it. They've had two weeks to prepare. The coaches have. And then this uh, off the ropes mentality from Texas. Okay. If they're really focused and determined, they can absolutely put together a great performance and, and take care of business against K-State. And I think the line is increasing, isn't it? Like it, Texas opened at either six or six and a half. It might be to a touchdown now. I mean, Vegas is sensing that Texas is ready to come off the deck. Right. And the lingering, here are my lingering concerns. And then I know we got, we got Bobby Burton. We got, we got Tim Fitzgerald from GoPowerCat.com, who's one of our absolute favorites. And... But here are my things, my lingering doubts. The offense, the offensive line, when are we going to see the offensive line be that physical, confident group that we saw earlier in the year and not this revolving door prone to every twist and stunt a defense throws at them? They look like they don't know how to game plan the running game. Does Jordan Whittington being available and I think more than available I think he's gonna play a lot Mm -hmm. how does that impact their ability to game plan the run and then Tom Herman's got to put Sam Ellinger in better situations or give him better checkdowns than what he's had because Sam has sometimes had to keep his checkdown in to block because they're running four verticals right so I mean adjust adjust Tom Herman well, and, his, his adjusting if, has been, well, that's what we've always done. Right. It's not him adjusting. And that's, that's him not good. And, and yeah. <laughs> everybody knows Sam Ellinger's best when he's throwing crossing routes. Mm-hmm. And he struggles a little bit with the down-the-field throws um, in the seam. So that I'm just like, what's going on here? And then now that Cade Brewer is not in the lineup, how does that impact Herman's confidence to call certain running plays and – certain passing plays, check down, whatever. But they've had time to figure this out. In in football, you, you're drinking out of a fire hose. You're having to adjust on the fly. And that's that's what I'm expecting to see this week. Yeah. And I'm you know, hopeful. I just don't – I just can't get the taste of those last three games out of my mouth, the third and longs given up, the, the late turnovers and late special teams mistakes that are recurring. Mm-hmm. we've seen it you know we've seen Oklahoma State they muffed punts right and it cost dearly I mean Kansas 
turnover late, muff punt, cost them dealer, dearly. TCU, muff punt. I mean, Taylor, they're minus yardage in punt returns. Oh, it's pathetic. It, it, games. Yeah. It's pathetic. I mean, there's no, that's, good teams don't do that. Period. Like, there, there's, you don't see good teams doing that. Show me when you see that consistently on the teams that are, you know, ranked in the top four right now in the college football playoff ranking. I'll wait because yep. you're not seeing it. Right. So, you know, if Texas really it wants to claim that they're back and that they're elite, then those mental mistakes need to end. And they need to end this week against this Kansas State team. Because, listen, one thing about K-State that was always the case, well, almost always the case under Bill Snyder, was this: those were teams that were disciplined and they didn't make stupid errors. And I think you're kind of starting to see that that may just be a mentality of the program because it's happening under Chris Kleiman too. Now, I'm not saying that they've been perfect, but still, they rarely are costing themselves games. And going up against a team like that, you better be the same because the majority of the time, or I shouldn't say the majority of the time, oftentimes the teams that don't make the mistakes and win the turnover battles are usually the ones that win games. So, you know, Texas has to do a better job, you know, forcing turnovers. And then when they do force turnovers, the offense needs to respond because that's something we haven't really seen in the last few games from Texas. It's right since West Virginia. Yeah. I mean, it's like this is already this has already been a struggling defense and they're still forcing turnovers. They have in the majority of the game since then. But then the offense doesn't respond. I mean, it's like, come on here. You know what I mean? It's just. It just seems they can't get out of their own way. And this week, as you mentioned, too, I mean, they've had two weeks to prepare. There's no excuse. There's really not. So if the offense struggles at all, then the questions need to be on what if Tom Herman knows what he's doing at this level. Maybe year three is too much for him as a head coach. I don't know. We'll see. But, you know, going into that, you want to go bring in Bobby Burton, Chip? Let's do it. All right. Let's bring in a publisher of Horns247.com, Bobby Burton, for his uh, rapid fire with Chip. Bobby, um, we talked to the players today. Sam Ellinger said he went to a friend's lake house. He got he got rest. He said he did a whole lot of nothing. How was your off week? Do you feel rested? Do you feel ready? Um, <laughs> for what? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that is the million dollar question. Yeah. That's where, that's where I, we start. I think that's it. I mean, it, right. I mean, we don't know what we're going to see on Saturday. Um, and all the off week showed me was that we still don't know what we're going to see because we still don't know which Longhorn team this is. And, and Chip, I think, you know, I, I want to put it to you. I mean, are they – you're the one talking to the to, to the coaches and the the players on a on a weekly basis, if not daily basis. Are they ready to rebound, or is this is this a, a a situation where it could all go downhill quick, or it is all going downhill quick? Well, based on the history of me covering Texas versus K State, I I'm bracing. You know, I'm putting the plywood up in the windows because it. This is a K-State team that, if if Texas fans have watched what they've done the last three weeks, they figured out a way to finish a game against TCU with Skylar Thompson putting together an amazing uh, 61-yard run after they'd run for like 30 yards the whole game 
uh, that basically gave them that win. And then they just absolutely hammered OU. I mean, they were up 25 in that game. They knew exactly who they were. They knew exactly what they were doing. OU looked complete. They looked like Texas against OU. Like they were expecting a different team and they got ambushed. And then you're thinking, okay, well, surely they're going to let down and against KU. And then Skylar Thompson runs for, you know, over 100 yards and he's run for seven touchdowns in the last two games. This is a K-State team, as Chris Kleiman told me this week, we're, he said, I don't, he said, all I know is we're getting better. And that's, that's what you want. The sign of a well-coached team is week-to-week improvement. Bobby, um, you know, from what we've seen of Texas, that has not been the case. Now, can they pull it all together with an off week? So far, Tom Herman out of off weeks or bye weeks, it hasn't been great. So I don't have a great feeling, and I probably won't until I see it. Like people are asking me today in my my chat, are you picking Texas to cover? I'm like, Texas to cover? <laughs> I'm I'm not sure I'm picking Texas to win this game because of how good K-State has looked and how how much confidence they seem to be picking up and and how Texas is, you know, sometimes you walk out on the field and you're hoping that it's going to be a good day. I think K-State's starting to feel like they know it's going to be a good day because they know exactly who they are, and I'm not sure Texas does. So I, I, I don't have a great feeling this week about the Longhorns. Now, I've said this, Bobby, I feel like a broken record the last three weeks. My biggest concern has been the offense. I mean, again, the defense has made some plays against West Virginia and OU to keep them in those games and actually get the momentum in the West Virginia game. And then they had a tough night against Kansas. It was exacerbated by a couple late turnovers by the offense that you know allowed for short field touchdowns. Um, but the defense, again, was, was strong against um, TCU and had that thing – you know, Texas was up 2013 midway through the third quarter. And and then the offense, it's been a turnover machine. Tom Herman's not putting Sam Ellinger in the best positions to be successful. Ellinger's pressing. Okay, well, then let's change things up. Quit running four verticals and having Sam Ellinger keep the back in for protection because that's his check down. I, I just, they better have gotten on the same page in this off week. And that's on Tom Herman. And he's he burns hot. Let's see where this team is with him. He's been talking to players one-on-one. Um, he's a smart guy. We know that. So I would expect a much better product from Texas. I think it's going to be a hell of a game. And I think it's going to be another fourth quarter game. And we got to see this Texas team finish. They've been giving up third and long and turning the ball over lately in the fourth quarter. Yeah. I, look, I, I think that, you fit on a lot of things. Um, I first personally am just shocked that Texas is favored in this game. <laughs> Texas has lost two of the last three. Uh, they barely beat a KU team that lost, that got shellacked by this same K-State team last week. I, there's just nothing about this that tells me that Texas should win. Yet, 
you know, Vegas has Texas favored by a touchdown almost. So um, I think, I think from my perspective, the way I look at this game, Texas, when the Texas defense has to focus on doing one thing well, and that's stopping the run, they've actually been good at it or decent at it. It's when they start having to do more than one thing where they just get, I mean, they absolutely get shredded. Um, and so if Texas can focus on stopping the run, they stop the run against TCU in the first half extremely well. Yeah. Then the quarterback starts running, and then all of a sudden, you know, everything starts moving for TCU. So I, I see a little bit of, uh, of a glimmer there of how Texas, like a blueprint for how Texas could get in this game and possibly win it. That all being said, they still have to execute on that plan, and I don't see much a high level of ex- execution for Texas at any position right now, or at least on, on either side, offense or defense. I don't see a high level of execution. Conversely, I see an extremely high level of execution out of K-State on offense. So, I, and, and, you know, they shut down K- KU on that had been – scoring points on everybody. So I think that from my vantage point, I don't see how Texas is favored in this either. I, I think that Vegas, you know, they, they bet they're, they're in it to make money. So they, they set the line and then the line moves accordingly. I, I think that the, the issue that I see um, that can possibly be, coming into to factor here is the amount of players that are coming back from injury um, possibly this week. And I will say that I think Montrell Estelle, if he's not starting is worth seven points to, to Texas. I think he was, he's been that, that bad in the secondary as a, as a, as a pass defender. I mean, he just has literally very little clue of what he's trying to even do back there. And I, yeah. I think he's a, talented athlete i just think he's out of position entirely and probably needs to to play closer to the line of scrimmage switch position do something he's just not a safety he has no 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 real clue what he's trying to do and and ability to do it and i so i i see if he's not in the starting lineup and you get caden stearns back and bj foster's possibly back overshone's in there mccullough it starts coming back a little bit even though he's not exactly been a world beater this year that starts changing the complexion of the Texas defense. I think you start getting more players on the field with more experience. Um, and so, so you see a Texas defense that can maybe stay in its lanes against a running quarterback or um, create turnovers with better athletes on the field. So I, I do see the blueprint. I just don't see the execution. And I do see K-State executing really at a high level right now. Okay, I'm going to flip this around, Bobby, because I agree with you. I think Texas can and has shown they can stop the run. They they did a decent job with Chuba Hubbard uh, in Oklahoma State. Now, when Texas has the ball, they're going up against a K-State defense that is second in the nation in third down defense. This K-State defense is doing what Todd Orlando and his defense in year one under Tom Herman were doing in choking teams on third down. And 
the Texas offense and its ability to be able to, you know, get into rhythm, get into tempo and mix things up. I mean, Tom Herman as a play caller has always been really good on first down and, and they've avoided uh, getting into the third and long situations. But lately it's been, it looks like shoot ready aim on offense, Ellinger pressing, uh, the turnovers the last few games. It This offense, they've got to get it together because uh, they're going to face this K-State defense, which is legit. And then they're going to go play an Iowa State defense that is totally legit and a Baylor defense that no one is giving any credit for that completely annihilated K-State in Manhattan. So it ain't getting any easier for Tom Herman and Sam Ellinger. Yeah, and I, I think that I think the Texas offense had become entirely too predictable. I think that uh, Ellinger has been uh, he's been given a certain amount of checks once he checks into a play, and uh, the other opposing teams like Gary Patterson in particular really exposed that. I mean, Texas had a long stretch of that TCU game where they couldn't move the ball and they turned it over like clockwork and. Look, I think here's the deal, and people don't, don't know Chris Kleiman that well, the, the new K-State coach. He is a former defensive coordinator, so that is his side of the ball. They will be well coached on that side. The guy went 69-6 and six as a head coach over five seasons. So get, that, get your head around that. And four he national aver- championships. <laughs> yeah, he averaged more than 13 wins a season over five seasons. He's a good football coach. Um, not unlike, and I, I, I hesitate to say this because Jim Tressel has such a, a uh, polarizing name because of some of the off-field things that happened to him, but Jim Tressel came from Youngstown State and immediately turned Ohio State uh, back in the right direction. Well, I mean, K-State didn't need a new direction coming out of Schneider. They just needed an updated version, and I think they've got one, you know, and so, look, I think that K-State's defense is going to be ready. Tech, Texas has to be more unpredictable. Uh, what was it, six consecutive first downs Texas tried to pass against TCU? Good luck. Right. I mean, and, and, and I think five of them were checks to passes. So I, it's, it's that kind of stuff where, you know, you're not going to get away with it against good coach and well-coached teams and – teams that have good enough players to beat you. I mean, you saw TCU. TCU beat Texas to the spot and on several of their routes because they knew the play. Yeah. It wasn't because they recognized it. It's, it's what happens when you get into an audible situation and Sam Ellinger gets too predictable and where Texas gets too, too predictable. They doubled Devin DuVernay, and then all of a sudden you're just Texas is hosed or they don't. They keep the back end so he doesn't have a check down. Kate Brewer goes out, and all of a sudden, a, another security blanket potentially is as out of there. And look, I mean, we can make excuses all day, but the Texas offense versus the K State defense right now, you have to favor the K State defense unless Texas gets creative this week. Bobby. This is a must-win game for Tom Herman. The players have to know it because they can't be happy with five and three. 
and having led TCU 20 to 13 in the third quarter, um, must win. I mean, in in your mind, what does that mean? And what does that mean for Tom Herman? And and what what kind of check is this? What kind of barometer is this for Tom Herman and his his ability to relate to this this roster? Let me ask you this. Texas loses this, goes to Iowa State. Texas sits at five and four, going to Iowa State. Iowa State's on a little bit of a roll. You think Texas is going to beat them up there? I think it could leak. Yeah, I think I think that that then they're five and five, and they've got Baylor. Who's and Matt Rule smells blood. Yeah, <laughs> and then you've got Texas Tech with a new coach. I look. I'm not trying to paint this, you know, everybody should be worried picture because I do think that Texas has some redeeming qualities. I just have a hard time seeing them right now because truthfully, ever since the LSU game, the the execution of Texas on either offense or defense seems to have been off. I mean, for whatever reason, whether it's being too predictable on offense to being someone figured out that, you know, Texas was down five DBs and went after the secondary really well. And one special team's bad decision after another. Yeah. And so they have not, Texas has not executed well. And until they do, you're looking at a 500 team. If they start executing well, you're looking at a team that should have, that had the talent before injuries at least to win 10 games. So what is it going to be? I mean, is there a happy median here? I, I don't know. I, I do think that K-State will give Texas all it can handle on Saturday, and any thought to the contrary is just wishful thinking. Well, and I, I find it uh, interesting, troubling, that two weeks ago Tom Herman basically put his defense – defensive coaches on blast saying if, if we have guys who've been in the program two years, they should be able to play man and quarters coverage. And, and then the offense turns it over four times in the next game. And I think you have both sides of the ball rummaging through the pile, trying to find its identity. When I asked Tom Herman about it, he's like, no, we're absolutely in our identity. We're running the stuff that we run. We run four verticals. We've always run four verticals. Okay, well, it feels like there isn't quick adjustments coming. It feels like the game plan is getting smelled out by Gary Patterson. It feels like Tom Herman is, you know, maybe this sort of, hey, you prepare the game plan during the week. I'll call the plays you know we'll all work together and put the 25 situational plays together but then when the defense comes out and they've got their own you know things that they want texas to adjust to it's not happening and this is where it feels like there is sort of this free fall that has been happening and i want to see that that stop i want to see texas come out with the clear identity, the confident game plan, the great adjustments on the sideline, like we had been seeing on both sides of the ball at times. And 
special teams has got to stop being this crack in the bathtub that is allowing all the confidence to pour out. And when you think about the fact that there's been one misplayed catch after another, not just, I mean, my goodness, they can't field a punt or they haven't been able to. They are dead last in FBS in punt returns, Bobby, with negative yardage eight games into the season. That's embarrassing. That's embarrassing. With as much talent. Especially, as I, you possible. know what? That, that is a timely stat for one reason. How did Texas really take over that Kansas State game last year in Manhattan? Deshaun, yeah, with the, Deshaun Jameson's punt return. return. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. And so, I, um, I think you're right. I, obviously, no one can be harder on the special teams than me. I think I gave them an F or an F, <laughs> F minus. F I mean, minus. So I, you're, yeah. Your your GPA is zero. So yeah. that's your that's, animal house. Yeah. Your zero point zero. Yeah, yeah. The Germans are bombing Pearl Harbor. So <laughs> the, 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 the thing that I would say about all of it is that it the and, and you go, this goes back to your initial question to me, which was about Tom Herman and where does he sit? He sits at the head of the table, and I don't know whether the table is getting ready to look like it's a like a food fight broke out or we're getting ready to see a steak dinner. I, it looks to me from the outside like a food fight and there's just crap all over the table. And you don't know what, what's what. And so he's, it's his job to prove us wrong. He's the $5 million man. So he needs to show us and, and lead the team to the light, so to speak, um, because they do have players. Ellinger's a, a, a third year starter. I mean, look, they got beat by a true freshman quarterback last week. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not. And I don't totally blame Sam. They've got to put him in plays that he he can be successful, and they've got to see what TCU's defense is doing and adjust. Uh, yeah, but I think I think Sam tries to wear the hero cape too much. Um, I do I do, and I also think his his checks are too predictable. So I I'm not. I think Elmer has to be he has to be smarter. And I do think Jordan Whittington, and I'm probably stepping out on a little twig here, uh, Bobby, but I do think they have not had confidence in in how they're going to run the ball with their backs because of the up-and-down nature of Keontae Ingram one week, Rashawn Johnson the next. With Jordan Whittington coming back, I don't want to put too much on this kid, but he is – he is all about business. This dude, you're never going to worry if he's in his feelings or in his head. This dude wants to dominate. He wants to crush you. And that's the kind of mindset they need at that position because then they can game plan around it. They know, okay, we know Jordan's good for 15, 20 carries. And they'll they'll give him the rock and let him go. I think that has the potential to be a, a problem solver this week. And, and we'll They're see. They're not going to be – wait a minute, Chip. Get, they're not going to be able to run the ball against K-State. Just well, they got to try. They, no, can't, they but, gave but, up but, against TCU and they got house. Okay, okay, they could And try. they gave up against they're OU and get, they lost. Climbing will take the run away from them. So just get that out of your head. Well, throw I'm it just, to them. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just telling you. 20, 20 touches. Throw it to them. Okay. 
Throw, sway it, it to him. He will take that away from him. I would be, I would color me. I, I will. So how many I carries are they going to have, Bobby? How many carries are they going to have? How many carries is Texas going to have in this game? You saying 20? Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, no way. I, I, Ellinger, I don't think they're going to have a choice. No way. Come on, man. Ellinger's going to run it 15 to 20. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm not, I'm talking about designed runs, not this, oh, wow, the, the, the pocket is collapsing around me. I'm going to. Because I'm telling off. you right now, if they abandon the run, they're going to lose by 20. They're going to oh, lose they, by 20. They, they abandoned it against TCU, so I don't, and they abandoned it against OU. So I don't see why they wouldn't start to keep abandoning it now because that's all and they've done. Where, 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 where did the Wheaties, where did the Wheaties go for this offensive line? What, yeah. what happened to this offensive line? Uh, I think they. You run a twister, stunt, you win some weak spots. I mean, Ginger Angelisle's pass protection, Parker Braun and pass protection has been weak at times. The and backs have been bad in blitz pickup. Uh. I, 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 I really think it's been the two guards that have had the most problems. And, and Shackelford has not been, as a four-year starter, he has not been dominant this year. He's been good, but not dominant. So, you know, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not buying Texas is going to rush for 150 to 200 on K-State, dude. No, well, no I'm just saying, you've got to keep running the football. I agree. you got to keep running I, well, yeah. that's because you need it to be second and six or seven instead of second and 12. Because Ellinger just is throwing it sideways and somebody's getting caught two years behind the line of scrimmage. I mean, I, look, or, or he's tucking tail and running because the pocket's collapsing and he's only getting back two yards back. I mean, I, look, I, I'm. Oak State I'm ran 373 against K State. Yeah. Baylor. Baylor. Ran for 158. TCU ran for 228, and they Texas lost. Doesn't run the ball. Texas doesn't run the ball as well as those teams. Okay, well, this offensive line. This offensive line was supposed to be a strength. <laughs> Come on, Tom Herman, let's see it. <laughs> I mean, would it kill you to run a little counter and power? Would it kill you? Please, Tom Herman. Uh, I get inside-outside zone. Everybody bases out of inside-outside zone. And, hell, K-State will pull guard on outside zone. And you'll be like, what the hell did they just do? And they're, they're back from Ball State. James Gilbert is 16 yards down the field. Is he I mean, healthy for this game or not? Well, uh, I, was, I don't think he's healthy, but he's going to play. Okay, I got you. Both? Both their leading backs, Jordan Brown, James Gilbert, and Jordan Brown, are, you know, nursing ankle injuries. So I think Skylar Thompson's going to have to carry it a lot. Yeah. Well, get ready to watch watch a, a Texas outside linebacker get juked because Skylar Thompson can do that, you know, and take it deep. But I, I just, uh, you know, Chip, I look at it and I, I do see this as a game that kind of sets up the rest of the season for Texas. Texas beats K-State, and all of a sudden the Longhorns are 6-3, and three, and they're trying to finish strong. Texas loses, and it's 5-4, and four, goes up to Iowa State, and probably loses. That's 5-5. Five and five. All yeah. of a sudden, they're just holding on to their tail, hoping it doesn't get... Right, hoping they're not know. playing Texas Tech to become bowl eligible. Right. So right. all of those things are, are legitimate, in my opinion. And, po- and legitimate possibilities, which makes this weekend 
very interesting. Yeah. Yep. As, as we've learned over the years, whether it's Bill Snyder or now Chris Kleiman, we'll see. Tom Herman is 2-0 and against K-State, but Chris Kleiman is, is the new sheriff in town. In years past, if Texas has not had their stuff together, K-State has totally exposed them and at times embarrassed them. And it's, it's fascinating. The same way Texas had Nebraska's number, K-State has had Texas's number at times. Now, Tom Herman would say, don't, don't tell me about that. I'm 2-0 against them. Yeah, but, here's what I would say to that. It, it, it wasn't – Texas never embarrassed Nebraska. K-State has embarrassed Texas. And, and not, just, not just with Snyder and his, you know, Garrett Gilbert massacre – but, I, I mean, you're talking about the Fresh Prince of Ron, <laughs> Ron Prince oh, and Jordy Ron Nelson. Prince. That's uh, right. Colt, Come on, Colt figures. Going up, uh, Josh Freeman. Colt McCoy going up there and, you know, getting, you're getting, yeah. getting hurt, right? So, Four I shadow. think that, yeah, I mean, all of that put together, I think that if you look at it the way uh, I, I just – K-State plays with an edge. Their kids play with an edge. They have. I think they've got a coach that, that uh, is a similar to their previous coach and that he'll have them playing with an edge, and they'll have them, he'll have them executing at the high level. So Texas better be ready, or, or they're going to have problems this weekend. Big problems. Hey, and we'll be back next week to talk about it. Bobby, you're the best. <laughs> All right. You too, Chip. Take care, man. All right. All right, thanks. Bobby Burton. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride-or-die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Joining us now on episode five of the flagship podcast is none other than publisher of gopowercat.com and one of my dearest friends personally in uh, this industry that we work in, Tim Fitzgerald. Tim, my man, how are you doing? Wonderful. How are you guys? Life of 
Fitz. Life of Fitz. And yes, if you want a really entertaining Twitter follow, (laughs) head on over to Life of Fitz at Twitter, and he just does not disappoint ever. So I promise you, you will get plenty of laughs. (laughs) You get some K-State stuff, you get some other nonsense, you get some cancer talk, and you just, it's my life. That's what you get. That's why the handle's Life of Fitz. You know what? Let's start right there, Fitzy, because as a 50-year-old man, um, I would like you to tell our listeners that they need to go, or you take it from here. Give us a, give us a little PSA about why the PSA. guys, yeah, about the PSA. Yeah, it's a PSA, PSA. Um, look, I was 53 years old, two basketball seasons ago, basically. I was covering the NCAA tournament. And an insurance agent called me, and I was in Atlanta, Georgia, Georgia, and said, hey, you need to get to your doctor. Your PSA is too high. I didn't even know what a PSA was. I didn't know anything about prostate cancer. I barely knew what a prostate did. I just knew where it was. And um, it turned out I had prostate cancer, and it turned out I had pretty bad prostate cancer. Um, and I have now established a nonprofit called Blue Shamrock Society and or Mission is to educate men and motivate men to get to the doctor. And I say if you're 40 and above, the doctors will say 50 and above. I was 53. I've got two buddies that were 49 and another one was 51 that all had at least stage three prostate cancer, um, which means it broke containment out of the prostate, whether it spread or not. Mine spread. I'm stage four. It's in my bladder. I've done radiation. And it's all because I didn't monitor my PSA. Although what I have is a little bit different. It is a little bit more aggressive. But guys, if you're 50 and above, 40 and above, if you have history of prostate cancer in your family, go get your PSA scored. It's a simple blood test. It doesn't even cost much in this world of medical bills. I mean, even if your insurance doesn't cover it, it's like 50 bucks, 100 bucks, you'll have a baseline score. Then if it rises, you'll know it and you'll be farther along than I was when my PSA started to skyrocket in a very short time. And now here I am. I'm a man that wears adult diapers on occasion, but I rock them, guys. I rock them. I endorse them. I, <laughs> That's I, right, I, baby. I want to pend endorsement. Hey, <laughs> you got to get the firm advertiser. Fits. Advertiser right there. Get some money in your pocket for that. Fits. <laughs> it is what it is. You know, you just take on the battle. You didn't expect it. And I've decided I'm going to be an open book about everything that goes with prostate cancer, erectile dysfunction, incontinence. It's not fun to talk about. Guys don't want to talk about it, but damn it, I'm going to shove it in their face. This is this is what happens. And that's why they need to go get checked. Absolutely. If, this is a this is a an incredible gift you're giving uh, our listeners today, Fitz. And one God bless you, my man. Cancer, one in six who get prostate cancer will die of it. We don't talk about it. It our our death rates are basically where breast cancer was in the 70s and 80s. And the women have done an incredible job of educating themselves and getting to their doctors and doing the mammograms and all that stuff that we talk about. And men still don't. And we're dying of it. We don't even talk about it. Let's move on to football. Hey, let's do it, baby. I mean, um, the K-State Wildcats have won three in a row. I mean, I know Taylor's got a bunch of questions for you, but I just want to jump in with this. They've won three in a row. They beat TCU, Oklahoma, and KU. Those are three schools Texas just went one and two against. And so what is the difference between the K-State team that lost to Oklahoma State and Baylor and the team that's playing with so much confidence 
in these wins over TCU, OU, and KU? You know, they came out of that Mississippi State win, and it seemed so tangible and good. We now know Mississippi State isn't as good as what everyone expected the Bulldogs to be. So they came out of that. They went into an off week, and I think they kind of read their own reviews a little bit. And they got hit in the mouth by a really skilled Oklahoma State offense, and they didn't respond to it, and they kind of shut down. The offensive line really struggled with the three-man front that both Oklahoma State and Baylor were running. Um, Baylor mostly because it's really good. They're really good along their front, and that's a legitimate football team. And that's another thing we didn't realize when Baylor came into Manhattan, Manhattan, State. that's a really good football team. I mean, are they flashy? Do they blow people out? No, but they know how to win games. That's what their quarterback does. And it kind of rocked K-State. They went into another off week. So they had Mississippi State off week, Big 12, Big 12 off week. Very weird scheduling, and it seemed to kind of help them. They kind of regrouped and got after it, particularly defensively against TCU. The running game still struggled. They they had a quarterback run um, by Skylar Thompson on their final meaningful possession. That went 60 yards right up the middle on a quarterback draw. And they had, for the game, 93 rushing yards, 60 on that one play, and uh, there was like 33 yards on 32 other carries. It was just ridiculous how bad they were running the ball. Then they came back with Oklahoma and looked really good. And ever since then, the offensive line has just been unbelievable for Kansas State. And the defense continues to escalate um, its ability to – uh, particularly stop teams on third down. They're one of the best teams in the country on third down, lack of conversions. KU went two of 10. Um, so this team's really picked up. They're bought into the quote, the process. I know it's kind of a cliche, but uh, Chris Kleiman likes to tell his team, don't be a results-based program, be a process-based program. And I love that. It means whatever you got that day, take care of it. And eventually it'll be a game day and you take care of that. And then you move on to the next game. And they've really, embrace that and this is a big test now that they've won three in a row they have a head of steam they're bowl eligible going to face a texas team that is coming off and off week and much healthier than the longhorns have been you know uh fitz talking about the kansas state defense the news out of manhattan today is that star corner aj parker will be out several weeks due to an ankle injury um you know he's been a you know, a, a difference maker, it seems, for the secondary for uh, Kansas State. How big of a loss is this for the defense? And who, if anyone, is capable of replacing his production without him on the field? Yeah, you know, A.J. Parker in the in the course of one season and the coaching staff transition and the change of philosophies in the secondary where they're a little more aggressive has really benefited him. He went from the guy everyone went after and quite often succeeded and going after the shutdown guy. He's been really good. But when he was gone off the field, the backups have stepped in, and Kevion McGee, probably stepping into the starting lineup, they've been pretty good at corner. It was an area of great concern for Kansas State coming into the season. Van Malone, a former Texas coach, uh, is, is handling the secondary, and he's doing an incredible job. He's really got the corners really playing at a high level. And, you know, it's it's been impressive. Losing, losing A.J. hurts as much as almost anyone on the defense, um, you know, along with Elijah Sullivan, at linebacker, and probably Wyatt Hubert at defensive end. But I come back to this. They went to Mississippi State without Hubert and won. They have a new mentality where one injury doesn't kind of break the bank, and they really have been able to escalate. Hell, they ran the ball like crazy at KU without their top two running backs. They played the third stringer 
and a freshman, and then, a, you know, kind of a distant fourth, fifth guy uh, who actually played pretty well. And so they, they just really, you know, the next man up thing, they really embrace it, and they're really playing well with it. Talking to our man, Tim Fitzgerald, publisher, gopowercat.com. Um, and Fitzy, let's go there. Skylar Thompson, I mean, it seems like he's in his seventh year, <laughs> and – he was huge running the ball against KU. I mean, over 100 yards rushing, and he's got seven rushing touchdowns in the last two games. This is amazing stuff. What are we seeing from Skylar Thompson? I mean, is this confidence? Is it out of necessity? What are we seeing from Skylar Thompson here these last couple of weeks? Yeah, you know, I probably was remiss in not mentioning that change and using the quarterback run game a little bit more. They were staying away from it against uh, the likes of Oklahoma State and Baylor. They had promised Skyler he wouldn't be the battering ram. He wasn't Bill Snyder's system. And he's not really equipped to be that. He's a tough guy. But uh, quarterbacks break down in Bill Snyder's system and the way he was using quarterbacks at the end. They promised him that wouldn't happen. And they went too far the other way, and they just weren't running him. And then in the fourth quarter, they said they're going to run him against TCU. Really broke things loose. Then they came back against Oklahoma and ran him a number of times and then flashed the option at the goal line, something they hadn't shown. And um, honestly, they never ran at North Dakota State. It's just something they put in for Oklahoma, and it worked. And Skyler's run it in high school. Well, they came back to Kansas, and they used it again. And Kansas didn't know how to stop it, and they never adjusted to it. At the In the first quarter or the fourth quarter, they were still trying to stop the quarterback and the running back with one guy. It was the weirdest thing I've ever seen. They made no adjustments on the defensive side. So they ended up running Skyler 17 times. He threw the ball 16 times. That's way more than they want to run him. Some of it was, you know, broken coverage. He just broke free and ran when everyone was covered. And some of it was that option and and the quarterback draw. They're using him in safer ways, uh, but he is he's got a real good sense for the goal line. He really he really feels when it's open to run and and to keep the ball. And those that's every one of those has been you know a product of the offense that. Inside the 20, those seven red zone touchdowns rushing for the quarterback. It's big, and it adds a lot to the offense. Talking to Tim Fitzgerald, the publisher at GoPowerCat.com. Now, I kind of want to go back a little bit, Fitz, because, you know, from an outsider's view, it kind of seemed like the hiring of Chris Kleiman was um, met with a little bit of unrest by some K-State faithful. Now, you know, this is an outsider's opinion, um, I don't know who is going to step in and be as good as Bill Snyder, because in my opinion, he's one of the best college football coaches in the history of the sport. But what was the vibe around, you know, for those of you who are close to the program, what was the vibe in hiring a successful as FCS head coach that did not have any FBS head coaching experience in Chris Kleiman? Yeah, you know, there was a lot of reluctance. There was a lot of fans that just kind of thought Gene Taylor, who used to be the AD at North Dakota State before he became deputy AD at Iowa and then moved to K-State. He was a guy that promoted Chris Kleiman from defensive coordinator to coach when Craig Bull moved from North Dakota State to Wyoming. It seemed like a big jump when the guy before you went to Wyoming and now you're going to a Power Five. There was a lot of pushback initially. But the Kansas State University social media team was unleashed. By not having Bill Snyder around, now they were free to do social media. And they did an incredible job of communicating who he was and the excitement around the hire with the players and all of that. 
and it sold a lot more people. But it's results-based business. He wins his first three games. He's walking on water. He loses the next two and really doesn't – they don't look good at all in those two losses. Uh, and then everyone's like, well, you know, it's it's just kind of weird. We're not surprised they're three and two, but it was weird how they got here. Looked so good, looked so bad. And now he's back to walking on water. You know, and uh, But I don't think – I picked him to win six games. And here they are, six games. And I don't expect them to lose four straight. I don't know if they'll win this weekend, but they've got West Virginia and Tech the next two weekends before closing in Manhattan with Iowa State. There's really winnable games on the schedule. And, uh, you know, I, I think it's being proven what he said over and over. Football is football. The guy knows the game and hired a really good staff. And the players love him. They absolutely love these guys. Uh, and it's a really diverse and fun staff. They, he brought some guys from North Dakota State, and he brought in some veteran coaches from around the game and, and melded them in, into a really good staff that the players like, the fans like. It's working right now. It's just been kind of fun to watch some of those people eat crow. And it's one of those situations where you're happy to admit you're wrong when the team's winning. Right. Yeah, of course. And I think, you know, Texas fans have been through so much change with coaches over the last number of years. Um, it always seemed that the first year a head coach came in, especially, you know, Charlie Strong's first year, he dismisses nine players off that team. Tom Herman's first year, you know, there's a lot of kind of turmoil behind closed doors. Um, it, it doesn't seem from an outsider's view that is going on right now in Manhattan. Is that a correct perspective or has there been any type of, you know, inside the locker room issues um, under a, a completely new head coach and staff? No, you know, that was one of the benefits. You got to have someone that fits your culture. And Bill Snyder had an established culture. He'd kind of, I don't want to say he lost the players, but he wasn't as popular in his locker room as he had been. But they still were a disciplined team that didn't commit a lot of penalties and turnovers and were physical and wanted to run the ball. You hire Chris Kleiman, a Midwest guy who wants a disciplined team that doesn't have a lot of turnovers and penalties and wants to be physical at the point of attack. So nothing was out of line from, from what they had done in the past. Bill Snyder didn't put up with nonsense with, from players. He didn't have guys to run off when he arrived. Bill Snyder might have gone too far. We've joked that uh, he got away from putting together great football teams and started putting together great Boy Scout troops because they were such pristine human beings on the football team. They were great to work with, but athletically they were kind of on decline. There's not enough depth in the program. The problem with the program is overall recruiting had diminished under coach so greatly that they are – often one injury away from a dramatic drop-off. We really haven't seen that. Certainly would be, but uh, they've done a great job just picking up the culture, translating it in their language, and continuing with it. And I think the players are much more happy now in how Chris Kleiman's pound the stone. It's his, you know, that's his 16 goals, simply pound the stone, work every day, work every day. And it's, it's worked. It has, it's converted over very well. Fitz, uh, talking to Tim Fitzgerald, publisher, gopowercat.com. Let's get into some of the nuts and bolts of the X's and O's. Um, in, in, you know, looking at K-State, they do some unconventional things like, you know, pull guard on outside zone and sort of add some elements of, you know, counter to to their, their zone scheme. And and it, it's working. I mean, it's 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 confusing. Um because people don't see it a lot, and defense—I mean, uh, defensively—they're an anaconda on third down. 
uh, right. second in the nation in FBS in, you know, they get off the field on third down. That's what Texas was in Herman's first year under Orlando. Now everybody gets third and long against Texas. But just talk about the things that really stand out uh, for you with regard to this team that you think has been giving teams fits. You know, that past K-State team on defense, they were going to line up and pretty much, hey, we're here. This is what we're doing. They'd line up, you know, six, seven yards off the ball in the corner, and that's what they're doing. You'll notice this defense will line up and kind of morph into something different before the snap of the ball. They have been confusing quarterbacks with pre-snap reads. They broke the Kansas, you know, kind of system over there because they quickly identified from that tape of the two games that he'd been running the system and Brent Dearman, that they really weren't RPOs as much as pre-snap reads that were disguised as RPOs. Uh, and they, they challenged them to do post-snap reads, and it didn't work for KU. That's what they do a good job of, really not letting you know what they're up to. And, you know, offensively, <clears throat> the complexities of the system are amazing. And they've only started to peel back the onion. They've only started to get down in there. Against Oklahoma, they showed their inverted wishbone, their three running back set. Now, with two of those guys injured, they didn't use it at KU. I doubt they would have anyhow unless it had been a really competitive game. You will, in all likelihood, see this at Austin. Quarterback Skyler Thompson, the shotgun, two running backs flanking him and one behind him. So they can go in any direction, uh, and they can do a lot of things out of it. And what they did against Oklahoma was very simple, the first layers of it. And you might see the next step of the things they want to do. They're only beginning to kind of, you know, they keep putting in things for the kids to learn as they go, and they're using them. Uh, and you really have to go back to North Dakota State and get deep into the film to try to understand what they're doing. But I'm sure Tom Herman and company are doing exactly that. It's like I said, this is a fun offense. It's very fun to cover, and it reminds me of early Bill Snyder offenses and the the fact they will run the same play at you at a different bunch of formations and have guys pulling and flying around the field in ways you're just not accustomed. So they'll block you when you're not expecting a block to come from there. Uh, and you, if you really study the game, it's been intriguing to watch how this has developed. Well, one thing that I think is, is fascinating, and one of the reasons I think people underestimated K-State was Alex Barnes left. Uh, the top three backs were all seniors last year. Alex Barnes, a 1,355-yard rusher, double-digit rushing touchdowns. So there was nothing in the cupboard. But he goes to the grad transfer market and finds James Gilbert at Ball State and Jordan Brown from North Carolina. And, and just talk about what he's been able to manufacture. You know, those guys were hurt, as you mentioned, last week. But looks like they're going to go this week against Texas. You know, what – what has he been able to manufacture uh, with the grad transfer market? Yeah, it's been interesting. Alex Barnes left after his, after his junior year, and unfortunately it was a bad decision. He wasn't drafted. He didn't stick with anyone. He's back in Manhattan working on his degree. Um, and, you know, they had no scholarship running backs in the program, none. They had one that was injured, lost his career. He couldn't go back. He's still with the program another one that quit the program mid-season um and wanted you know just got tired of football it wasn't fun we heard that from a lot of players on the in the last couple of years of bill snyder well that's that's tyler burns he came back and he ran for a touchdown against kansas he came back and earned a scholarship and but he's about fifth string on this team they went out and signed four running backs. They won't all be running backs. Two of them have played this season at running back. But Joe Irvin, the true freshman, is now 
essentially four string. There was a walk on in the program named Harry Trotter, let the jokes ensue. Uh, and uh, Harry uh, was a Kansas kid who started at Louisville as a walk on, decided to come back and earned a scholarship. And we were all kind of questioning, you know, how this Kansas kid, you know, was a walk on and now he's got a scholarship. Well, he, he ran for a lot of yards and had 20 carries at Kansas. He's legitimate as the third guy. But the main guys are James Gilbert, prolific runner at Ball State, has acclimated to this level very well, ran for more than 100 against Oklahoma. And Jordan Brown was always kind of the system guy at North Carolina, but he's more the speed guy that's versatile and is used to catching the ball out of the backfield. Those two complement each other. They both have been suffering from ankle injuries. They both sat out for the most part. Brown tried to take a couple snaps at Kansas, but they will both be back in Austin. How healthy? I'm not sure, but they will be back. And like I said, you can expect to see them in the backfield with Trotter as a three-man set behind Skylar Thompson. All right. I got to ask you about my man, um, my man Wyatt um, Hubert, because this guy, they're calling him Thor, and he's got four sacks in the last five games. He's a Topeka guy. He was highly recruited. Or you tell me. Tell us the story of Thor because number 56, he's coming on. Well, you know, he was he was a Snyder recruit and a very good player out of Topeka. Um, had some attention, but wanted to go to K-State. And he comes in, and you know, he, those guys are like, yeah, he's going to make a quick impact. And he played quite a bit last year as a redshirt freshman. Uh, but he wasn't, you know, he didn't play a ton of downs, but he flashed. When he was in there, you noticed him. Coaching change happens. Clean cut, wide, Hubert all of a sudden grows his hair. And he walks in the room for media in the spring, and we're like, holy hell, what happened here? <laughs> he has put on at least 20 pounds of muscle mass, if not more. And now he's got this long hair, and he looks like Thor, which is kind of funny because it's you know all about pound the stone, and they've got the turnover sledgehammer, and um, he's, a, he's an impact guy. He really is. We're just scratching the surface of how good he is because – like I said, he played nominally last year. He played, you know, quite a bit, but not. he wasn't a feature guy. Now he's a feature guy. And he was injured early in the year, so he's really getting healthy now and picking it up. And they've kind of unleashed him. He was really good against Oklahoma. Not as vis- visible against Kansas, but Kansas just wasn't very good all, all around on Saturday. Um, he will be a guy to keep an eye on. He is really special. He's fun to watch, and he's a great kid. All right, last thing for me, Daquan from right here, Cedar Park, Mr. Ridge, baby, um, via Trinity Valley Community College, uh, weak side linebacker, number five in your program, um, Daquan Patton. Tell me about uh, what he means to this defense. You know, K-State's one of those programs, when they walk in the media room, sometimes you're surprised they're competing at the Big 12 level. You know what I mean? At Texas, the guys walk in the room and go, that's a football player. Um Daquan's one of the guys that walks in the room and go, yeah, he looks like he belongs in an NFL locker room. He's incredibly um, conditioned. He's, he's still kind of learning the game. Uh, he struggled at times with his post-snap reads. He's gotten a lot better. He had an interception against Kansas. It was part great coaching, part great playing. He started to break on the snap of the ball from his – he was in the middle on that play, and he immediately got out, out to the – when Carter Stanley threw the ball – Patton was standing there, and he, nobody expected him to be there, and he got an interception. 
he's he's one of those guys that has they've got a three man rotation at linebacker for the two spots and uh, he is he can be really really fun to watch but he's lost some playing time to Daniel Green a redshirt freshman who has also really come on it's been one of the fun things to watch they're using a lot of redshirt and and true freshmen on this team this is a young team not the offensive line is all seniors but uh, this is a this is a young team and. Uh, Daquan's one of the seniors that they will lose at the end of this year, and they'll feel his absence. All right. So final thing to wrap this up, Fitz, uh, you know, what are your kind of prediction for how Saturday's game is going to play out? Well, you know, the Big 12 is every game self-contained. Mm-hmm. You can't judge anything on what's happened. You can't get into comparative matchups. This team played well here and there, and um, it's just really hard to say. But Kansas State's playing really good football. So if you want to just go off the last two, three weeks, I think this is a game K-State will win. They seem to be the better, the team in the better space right now, if you want to say it that way. They feel better about themselves. They believe more about things. It Really, for me, this comes down to how Texas handles this game mentally. As much as physically, getting all those players back into the significance of that, are they still bought in at five and three? Do they feel the urgency that five and three isn't acceptable in Austin and it's not, and they need to get to six and three because six and three sounds a whole hell of a lot better than five and four. Right. Do they feel that <laughs> sense that? So really a lot of this for me comes down to does Texas add the emotion into the obvious athletic and football abilities they bring to the field. If the Longhorns do that. They'll probably win. But if they leave that door open, if they make the mistake with a school, that isn't named Oklahoma or one of their Texas rivals. They leave that door open and don't get as fired up. K-State will come charging through. There he is. Tim Fitzgerald, baby. I mean, life of Fitz on Twitter. You'll thank us later. Fitzy, you're the mm-hmm. best, my man. Um, always great conversation. Let's do it again soon. Thank you, my friends. Good to hear from you. Great stuff from our friend Tim Fitzgerald. Go over to gopowercat.com for easily the best K-State coverage that's available. I mean, these guys just have, they have such great workers, such hard workers. If you're a K-State fan, you are doing yourself a disservice by not following uh, gopowercat.com. So Chip, let's, uh, let's wrap this up here with our tailgate takeaways. You know, we've talked a lot about Texas's struggles, Texas's you know, issues, a lot of these type of, you know, potential um, concerning discord, whatever it may be. But, you know, when I'm going into this Kansas State game, I'm really looking at this K-State team. I'm really impressed by them, to be honest. I think, you know, we've, we've covered a few head coaches in year one over the last number of years being at Texas. And what you're seeing K-State do under Chris Kleiman is I'm, I'm really shocked. You know, I, I was kind of expecting, you know, him coming in, following a legend in Bill Snyder and able to have this team still roll and looking better than, you know, the team did last year in Bill Snyder's final season at Kansas State. So this is a Kansas State team that I think is is just trouble for whoever they're facing. You know, I think that Texas is going to have to really come together in this game they're going to have to play the best that they have because K-State has nothing to lose at this point. They have all of the momentum. People aren't questioning them. They're questioning Texas. They're questioning what's going on with Texas being 5-3 and three after starting the season off with, you know, a close win to now number two ranked LSU. I mean, it's just something that, 
there's a lot of concern. And I think one thing that's going to be really interesting to watch is this defense going up against Kansas State's kind of red-hot offense. I mean, this offense has been playing better than they have all, as good as they have all season long. And that's a huge credit to Skylar Thompson and what the offense is doing as a whole. But, you know, I've been kind of excusing some of the defensive woes because of injury. And I'm happy to say that, you know, I, I try to listen to what my father-in-law, who's a longtime coach, you know, he, I rely on him a lot for just things about the game that, you know, maybe coaches see that sometimes us outsiders, even like even media members, you know, we're around football all the time, but still doesn't mean that we see everything that coaches see. So, you know, I rely on him. And, um, you know, the one thing that I've kind of said is I'm curious what this Texas defense will be if they get some of their injured starters back. Now this game, they might get those injured starters back. So I'm going to be watching to see if this defense really has been plagued with injury and that's why the performance has been very you know mediocre or worse throughout the last couple of games but you know if it if you Texas comes out flat on defense or struggles at all and um, Kansas State gets rolling you know there's no excuse I mean these are talented players and even you know if they're younger they're still talented and um, if they're healthy there's really no excuse so I'm really curious to watch this defense go up against this red red hot um, Kansas State offense. Personally. Yeah, and I think what what you're saying and what a lot of Texas fans are thinking is, I want to see Tom Herman lead this team out of adversity. Yeah, that it, it's one thing to lose to Oklahoma in in a one possession game. It's another thing to go to the wire and need a last second field goal from behind to beat Kansas. Mm-hmm. And then it's another thing to lead again in the third quarter, uh, 20 to 13, and make mistakes that end up costing you the game, whether it was the turnovers on offense or the third and longs given up on TCU's final uh, go-ahead touchdown. I mean, that put them up 10. I mean, if Texas could have gotten off the field on third and 11, they would have had the ball back with a with a chance um, to tie with a field goal or win with a touchdown, and I I think we were all sitting there watching, waiting, expecting that to happen. So um, I, I I think you're right on the money. I mean, I think this is a, a bit of a crossroad for Tom Herman's ability to lead a, a bunch of talented young players and some key veterans. I mean, this is a team that has good leadership everywhere except really at corner. Right. I mean, they've got veterans at safety. Um, Jeffrey McCulloch has been hurt at linebacker, but Joseph Osai is playing beyond his years. Malcolm Roach is a, a veteran on the defensive line. And, you know, Cosme and Shaq and Ellinger is a junior. Colin and Devin are senior receivers. I mean, this is a veteran group. And so I think everyone's expecting Tom Herman to be able to lead this team out of adversity with this uh, against the ropes mentality. And I, I, I will I'll dovetail kind of on what your you know tailgate takeaway is. And I hate to put it on Sam. I really do, because I think that Sam has he showed us all last year that he can get better and better and better. And I gave Tom Herman a ton of credit for calling great games and being really uh, creative on first down so that he wasn't 
uh, you know, he was regularly in second in manageable and third in short, sometimes second in short, where the defense is on its heels. You get to sort of pick and choose what you want to do, and those are ideal situations. This year, I feel like the game plan is not getting formulated the way that it was last year, or either that or defenses and defensive coordinators have figured a lot out about Texas. And Tom Herman is, he talks about needing to evolve. He said that when he was kind of was critical of his defense after the Kansas game. And he said, look, you know, they had six starters out on defense for that game. But if we have, you know, players who've been in the program two years, they should be able to play man or quarters coverage. And well, okay. Same for the offense. The offense has got to evolve because if you're seeing Sam holding the ball too long, running around, not knowing what to do, that's coaching. Yes, That's coaching because that means we have to make some adjustments. We have to give him some shorter routes. We don't need to run four verticals. We need to run crossing routes because that's what Sam's comfortable with. It just doesn't seem like the, the line of communication from whoever's formulating the game plan, whether it's Tom Herman in the trend which I doubt because he's the head coach. I'm sure he has help from Tim Back, Larry Fedora, and his offensive staff. Andre Coleman, for crying out loud, who was the offensive coordinator at K-State last year. Maybe there are too many voices now. Right. But whatever it is, it's not, it's not putting Sam Ellinger in the best position to make plays. And Sam is a top quarterback in college football. You don't go from 25 touchdown passes to five interceptions in one season to four interceptions in one game against TCU. There is doubt and indecision on the offense and it's top down. Yeah. So I want to see Tom Herman put Sam Ellinger in a great position because Taylor, I don't think anyone's talking about this this week, but one of Sam Ellinger's best games as a longhorn was his freshman year against K-State in Austin. He threw for over 300 yards, he ran for over 100 yards, and he was lights out. And they won that game because of him. That was a, a tough game, it was a gritty game. That was the game where Sam ran over that safety. Oh yeah, you know, lower, trucked him. Lower his, yeah, trucked him. And, and so, you know, sometimes you have good memories, you have good vibes about a game. Sam Ellinger, having faced K-State in Austin, should feel great because that was one of his best games. So I I expect this Texas team to come off the deck and, and for things to be cleaned up. That's a big leap of faith. Um, the, the only unfortunate thing is you're playing K-State, which yeah. is the Sudoku puzzle of the Big 12. They do things unconventionally. They block unconventionally. They pull guard on outside zone. They do things you don't normally see. They are buying in to Chris Kleiman and they smell blood. And as you said, they are playing with house money right now. Texas is the one that's really against the ropes as, as yeah. they're freely admitting. So I think it's uh we're gonna have a lot to talk about next week. I know that. Yeah, no doubt about it. And it'll be interesting to see you know, if if the offense struggles are at all, you know, Tom's been the first to call out the defense and needing to make adjustments and not doing the right thing coaching-wise. You know, we haven't heard him 
call out himself for that for the offense and you brought it up. I mean, it's it's time, you know, it's time for somebody to take accountability for this because you're right. Sam Ellinger is one of the best quarterbacks in college football, whether you want to talk about his performance against TCU, whatever. He still is considered one of the best quarterbacks in college football. So it's time to use him as a strength, in my opinion, and uh, not putting him in the poor, you know, situations like you mentioned yourself because he's pressing. It's clear. It was clear in the TCU game. He's pressing. He should not need to be doing that at this point of the season, in my opinion. Yep. And he said that. He said that this week. He said, I got to get out of my mind that we have to score on every possession um, because I may or may not think, you know, our defense is in the best position at that particular time. And and speaking of next week, of course, get over to horns247.com for everything. I mean, it is the ultimate Texas Insiders uh, team site with with you know Taylor's reporting, my reporting, Bobby Burton. No one, no one has our sources, and of course, uh, Rochi and and Clint and Jeff Howe giving you the expert analysis on everything: football, basketball, baseball. So get over to Horns247.com, and of course, now you get CBS All Access. So if you're listening to this and you're not a member, get an annual subscription. The the benefits are unbelievable because you're getting every site on the 24-7 network. You're getting now CBS All Access, which is the ESPN Plus of CBS, and you're getting us yep. and a great place to, to come get scoop and then talk about it. So horns247.com. Get that annual membership. Get it for Christmas. Get it for yourself. Get it for your friends, your family, anyone you know who bleeds burn orange. You, they'll thank you later. Um, and it doesn't get any easier, Taylor, because he's had, you know, Tom Herman's had to go up against Gary Patterson. Now Chris Kleiman, four-time national championship coach uh, at FCS with North Dakota State, also a defensive coordinator. And then it's John Haycock at Iowa State. And then no one is talking about Baylor's defense, but Baylor's defense beat down K-State and has been, uh, you know, they went to, they went to Stillwater and won. I mean, Baylor is going to be no uh, no picnic. So they got to bounce back. It's got to happen this week. And uh, we'll talk about it. Whatever happens, we'll talk about it next week on episode six of the flagship. Taylor, you're the best. You are too, Chip. Thanks for uh, tagging along today. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm, I love it. Tim Fitzgerald, Bobby Burton, thanks to them. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.